What's going on, everybody? Happy Friday. It is December 10th, getting really close to Christmas here. My dad's birthday's in a few days. Uh, once it's close to my dad's birthday, I know Christmas is right around the corner. Um, hope everybody had a good work week. Hope everybody had a good actual week, got some stuff done, some Christmas stuff, some holiday stuff. Uh, Going to be spending some time with family pretty soon. Uh, family time is always a good time. Uh, like I always say, uh, the only thing more valuable than money in this world is time. Uh, so I hope everybody has a wonderful holiday season um, from now up until Christmas. Obviously, I'm probably going to say that a few more times. But here's the here's the thing: uh, football's here, and we're this is the re- this is the preview show. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna give uh, all the best bets uh, against the spread, and also. Uh, the over-unders for the Sunday slate games going to leave mo- the Monday night game out. Uh, I'm going to do some fun some fun stuff with the Monday game uh, for the recap show, uh, right? Be- which will be released right before the Monday night football game starts on Monday afternoon. Uh, so look forward to that as well. For all of you out there that do not know me, uh, and your first time listeners, or if you just your brains just mush and you forgot you forgot. Uh, I'm Cole Hate. This is the All In Man Cave podcast. Uh, we got a a decent slate of games this week. Spreads are a little bit odd, a little bit different, more more uh, more different, I guess you should say, which is probably grammatically incorrect, but so am I. So. Uh, we're going to hop right in, uh, and a, a special, uh, obviously, we're going to do the EK Parlay, uh, but we'll talk more about that as we get to the end of the episode, but let's start in New York. The Saints are going to be uh, playing against the Jets. This game screams terrible game to me. Uh, Taysom Hill hurt, uh, sit back, Trevor Simeon, bad quarterback, uh, bad quarterback play for the New Orleans Saints. But let's see how the Jets defense, which is technically the worst ranked defense against the pass, uh, let's see how they do against these quarterbacks. Now, Taysom Hill's dinged up. Uh, he's got issues uh, with his throwing hand. Uh, Trevor Simeon is just a bad quarterback. Uh, so, honestly, it's a bit odd. It's a bit odd uh, to see this game and take much from it. Uh, the Saints have been in a downward spiral. Doesn't look like their playoff hopes are very good. Uh, as of right now, they've been playing worse. But Alvin Kamara is going to be back, I believe, for this football game. Uh, and let's see what we get from Elijah Moore, Zach Wilson. Let's see if some of these Jets playmakers are going to are going to play and they're going to perform and compete for their new coach, uh, Bob Sala. So uh, let's let's see what we get from it. Zach Wilson's got to prove that he's not a bust. I think that I don't think that he's an all out bust. Uh, I think he's going to be more average than people thought uh, coming out of BYU. Seemed like he had a, a chip on his shoulder, a little bit cocky, uh, not the, the biggest quarterback, uh, but does have have a decent arm so we'll see how his development proceeds through the next few years I don't think the Jets are gonna uh, have the cojones uh, to just move on from him and move and 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 after one year especially with all the craziness going on in the league this year so uh, the pick is in I'm going with the Saints minus five and a half I don't see a a game here where the Jets step up uh, and I think that the New Orleans Saints defense who has been subpar the last few weeks uh, for sure uh, but I think they step up in this game, uh, and they hold the Jets to a very little. And I don't think the Jets' defense poses much of a threat. So I'm going to go with the over as well of 42.5. Next game on the jo- the docket, we've got the Jaguars against the tech- the Titans. 
Uh, the Jaguars are a impending doom of a football team. Uh, one of the three worst teams in the league right now. At least you can say for the Lions, who technically have the worst record. They fight in football games. Stan Campbell's motivating that team. They have buy-in. I don't think anybody buys into Urban Meyer. Uh, and honestly, the Jags need to figure out how to be competitive. And there's all this stuff going around now with James Robinson having his second career fumble loss in two years uh, and then being benched for 20 to 25 plays in a row uh, last week against the Rams. That's a terrible coaching decision. Trevor Lawrence spoke about it to the media, said he wants James Robinson on the field. He's one of the best players on the team. Right there proves that there's a rift between the coaching staff and the, the players in the locker room, which is not good, especially for Urban Meyer, who has completely under performed based on a lot of people thinking that the Jaguars would be at least decent this year uh, but let's switch it and, and let's talk about the Titans now what is this team without Derrick Henry I still don't know I, I, I don't like I've mentioned multiple times and this is just my stance on it uh, but I don't think Ryan Tannehill is a good pocket quarterback uh, he wasn't a good pocket quarterback when he was in Miami uh, he got to Tennessee and benefited from a very good running game at in the years that he's been in Tennessee so they've they have they have Dontrell Hilliard, a rookie running back who's doing pretty well. They have a hodgepodge of running backs that they use to try and 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 make up for the fact that their King Henry, their their number one star, uh, the basically the face of that franchise has is out and is going to be out the rest of the season. Uh, so they have to figure out a way to be competitive. Now their wide receiver core has been dinged up. Uh, all season, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, no surprise about Julio Jones. He seems like he's always dinged up. Um, but there's a lot of young talent that they have on that on that team, and the play calls need to be right. But I think Ryan Tannehill can still keep them solid enough going into the playoffs. They just need to figure out what what is their team without Derrick Henry and how can they achieve success with it. And Mike Vrabel, great head coach. I think he has a plan. I don't think they've executed that plan yet, uh, but I think he has a plan as to how he's gonna he's gonna handle that. Uh, so the pick is in. I'm going with the Titans minus eight and a half. I know eight and a half is a lot to lay, uh, but it's not a lot to lay when the Jaguars can barely score ten points in a football game. And I think the Titans are more than capable of scoring at least twenty. So. Uh, that, that's why I got to take that here. But but based on that fact and that fact alone, I'm going to go with the under of 43 and a half. I see this game being maybe a 27 to 10 game, maybe possibly a 24 to 13 game. Uh, but I don't see the Titans going off on off on offense uh, to the point where they're scoring 30, 35 points. And I know the Jags can't score a single thing based on their entire season up until this point. Next on the list, the Falcons against the Panthers. Uh, let's talk about both offenses here. We I've talked to exhaustion about, uh, not to exhaustion, but in my Step Up Man segment of my last podcast, if you didn't listen to it, go back and listen to it. But Matt Rule is, is going to be on the hot seat. Joe Brady fired as the offensive coordinator. Seems like Joe Brady was more of a college coach uh, and doesn't seem like he was very successful in anything that he did in Carolina uh, at since he came in. Uh, Matt Rule, uh, he needs to figure out what he needs to do on offense, and it starts at the quarterback position. Cam Newton is not good enough. P.J. Walker is not good enough. Sam Darnold is not good enough. So what do you do for the rest of the season? Because they're 5-7 and seven and they have a shot at the playoffs. It's a longer shot, 
but they still have a shot. So what do they do to be successful uh, in the next month uh, to try and make a move towards possibly a playoff berth? And as we all know, and any fan of the NFL for more than 20 seconds, anything can happen in the playoffs. There's been plenty of of games, especially wild card weekend, that have gone completely opposite of what anybody thought. A team gets hot, a team gets cold. That just happens to, or seems to happen in the same game. Uh, there could be huge upsets, and the Panthers could provide that with a solid defense uh, and possibly being able to run the football even without Christian McCaffrey. And and to piggyback off of that as well, the NFC South divisional games are always crazy. Uh, it seems like the teams play differently against their divisional opponents than they do against the rest of the conference or even the rest of the league. So the pick is in. I'm going with the Falcons plus two and a half. This game is too close for me to pick anybody minus points, and I'm not comfortable enough or confident enough, I guess I should say, in taking the Panthers minus points when they've proven that they've been on the on the downward spiral in terms of overall performance of their football team, which is why I love the Falcons plus two and a half here. Uh, as well as the under. Uh, the offense has struggled. Their defenses have been stepping up. I know Atlanta's defense doesn't have any big names, but they do get pressure on the quarterback. They do rush the quarterback well. So with that being said, uh, I'm taking the under of 42. <clears throat> Next on the list, the Raiders against the Chiefs. Uh, Derek Carr versus Patrick Mahomes. Now, Patrick Mahomes been on the schneid as of late. Uh, I've, I've told... Uh, multiple people in person, and I've talked about it on this podcast to you guys as well. Uh, I I don't like all of the hate towards the Chiefs. I think it's okay that their defense is winning them football games, which they're typically not used to, uh, especially in the Patrick Mahomes era. Uh, their defense is stepping up, and they've been probably the best defense the last month, month and a half of of the of the football season. They they've been holding good teams to no points. They've been holding bad teams to no points, and, and it was happened at a great time because Patrick Mahomes is not going to struggle like this forever. He will not struggle like this forever. Go back, watch his interceptions. People say, oh, Patrick Mahomes is throwing way too many interceptions. Look at how many went directly off of the off of the hands of open wide receivers, and they were good throws. Tyreek Hill, his running backs, the, the, the wide receiver three, wide receiver four, whether it be Byron Pringle, Demarcus Robinson, Mecole Hardman. The, 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 the balls that he's throwing directly into the breadbasket of these wide receivers, and they're just tipping them in the air, and they're getting picked off. There's That's where most, I would say 75% of his interceptions have happened that way. Now, they did have a few really bad ones, bad decisions, but that's Mahomes trying to get out of his slump. And listen, people deal with things different ways. Life is life. You could take, there's a fork in the road, you go left, you go right, pick one eventually at some point you're going to have to try and find your way back to the main road and that's what Patrick Mahomes is trying to do the the Kansas City the Kansas City shift uh from their offense becoming a little bit more dynamic like it used to be in previous years as well as the defense possibly taking maybe a step back is what i envision this game going um that's just the reality of it. I think at some point the pendulum shifts and the Kansas City Chiefs start to look a little bit closer to what they looked like last season uh, and even earlier this season as well. Uh, and listen, 
on the flip side, Derek Carr takes a lot of heat, and for good reason. He has bad games. Some of his decision-making is bad, but he's gone through a lot. I've talked about it to exhaustion already. As a a Las Vegas Raiders fan, uh, as a Derek Carr fan, He's been through a lot this season. A lot has happened to his playmakers. A lot has happened to his team. A lot has happened to his organization. And for him to still go out there and give the effort that he gives week in and week out, I think, and similar to what I just said about the Falcons and the Panthers and the NFC South, these AFC West games are similar. And it seems like the divisions are getting better in terms of interdivision play where Vikings play the Lions. It's close regardless of how good the teams are. Uh, and you could you have an example of that in every division in the NFL. So the, the the Raiders need to win to stay relevant, and the Chiefs need to win to prove that they're they should be the number one seed and not the the Patriots. That's basically it. One's playing to stay relevant, and, and one's trying to win to stay up top. And that's how this game is going to shake up. And and listen, the the pick is in. Uh, listen, I don't think the Raiders win this football game, uh, but I do think they cover. So I'm going to go with the Raiders plus nine and a half. I got burned by the Broncos plus nine and a half last week against the Chiefs. I don't think I'm going to get burnt this week. I think this game's a lot closer than people think. I think it's a three to six point game, possibly seven. Uh, but that means I will take them plus the points, plus the nine and a half so that they cover. I am more strong and I feel stronger uh, and more what should I say? I, I feel more at ease in the under. Uh, I love the under at 48 and a half. I, I think this is a this is a 20 to 17 game. I, I don't think this this game gets anywhere near it uh, unless the Chiefs offense decides to just all of a sudden be right on it. Uh, and last time they played the Raiders, I think the score was 41 to 14 or 41 to 17. Uh, but I don't see that game going that way this time around. Next on the list, the Ravens are are playing against the Browns uh, for the second time in three weeks. Uh, ironically enough, the Browns played the Ravens, had a bye week, and now they play the Ravens again. So the the Raven the Ravens defense uh, and their secondary, to be quite honest with you, is completely depleted, uh, which is good, uh, and they'll get a break because Baker Mayfield cannot throw the ball down the field with a torn labrum. So the Cleveland Browns are going to come out and they're going to try and run. I think the front seven of the Ravens, even with the injuries that they've incurred in the front seven as well, I think they'll be able to hold Nick Chubb uh, and hold Kareem Hunt and hold that entire running back room uh, from going off in this football game, which is the only reason I see it going into some type of shootout. Uh, But I think that the injuries to Baker Mayfield – have affected his mental status in these football games. I think he knows that he's hurt. I think it's affecting his decision-making. I think it's affecting his overall performance. And I think that everybody talking about him in the media, and I've, I've talked about this before, and I feel strongly about this as well, there's no way these NFL football players aren't keeping up with what is being said about them in the media. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is is the culprit that I try and get the most uh, when he's like, oh, I don't listen to all the outside noise. I don't listen. Yes, you do. There's no way. There's no way that you don't listen to anything in the media while you're chilling in Hawaii, just hanging out while you're supposed to be at camp. There's not a single way that you haven't seen what people have said. And for you to say that is a bold-faced lie. 
But I think Baker's really getting that. He's really getting that that stress from the media, from the pressure, uh, from the injuries. He, he's thinking about it. He's in his head. I think Baker's in his head, and for good reason. He should not be playing uh, with all the injuries that he's incurred uh, based on his play, and you can see that he's hurt. So all I see is self-destruction from here on in for the rest of the season for Baker. And Lamar needs to step it up on the flip side. Lamar's got to carry this team. He knows he knows that the defense is hurting. He knows that he's been subpar the last few weeks. He knows he has a great coach, and he knows he's in one of the most competitive divisions in the league this year. So Lamar needs to just come out and get it done. I don't care how he does it. If he doesn't run and pass as well, if he doesn't pass and he runs well, or if he does a combination of both, he needs to elevate everybody on that football team, and he needs to lead them into the promised land. So the pick is in. I'm going with the Ravens plus three. I cannot believe that the Browns are favored in this football game. I know it's in Cleveland, uh, but I see no reason to pick the Cleveland Browns, and and I will not, especially it, with the status of their quarterback and the fact that they've been dealing with injuries as well, and it seems like they're in a rut, and I don't think that they're going to come out of it against the Ravens. So I'm picking the Ravens plus three, and I'm taking the over of 43. I think Lamar and that offense finds it and figures it out. And by no means do I think – that this game's going to be up. I think the Ravens score more than 30, uh, but I don't think they hold the Browns with that defense to, to less than 14. I, I don't I don't see that happening. So if I had to take a guess, maybe 31-21, 34-21, something like that, which is clearly the over. Next on the list, the Cowboys are against the Washington football team. And this is going to sound really weird and kind of, I don't know how to explain it, really. It's going to sound kind of self-explanatory, but what we really need to look at in this game is the def- the Washington defense against the Cowboys offense and the Washington offense against the Cowboys defense. And that's basically looking at everything, and it looks it sounds like a ridiculous statement, don't get me wrong. And even when I say it, but that's how I truly feel. Is the Washington defense going to keep up the play that they've been putting out the past month and a half on the winning streak? Is the Cowboys offense going to figure it out and not look like they're sputtering? What what is how is this going to work? How is this going to shake up? Is 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 Taylor Heineke going to be able to win against Dallas because they play them another time by the end of the season? Can they make a push for the playoffs? Is this team real? Is the Washington Football Team real, or is it a figment of everyone's imagination and they revert back to the way they looked the first six weeks of the season? Uh, we're going to find out real quick. And as you guys know or maybe don't know, if you didn't hear the the latest segment, Step Up Man, in my last podcast, but D- Dak needs to figure this out, and he needs to lead this ship, similar to Lamar. Him and Lamar Jackson need to do the exact same thing this week. They need to go in against a divisional opponent and come out with a W. And it doesn't need to be pretty, but they need to come out with one. And if you guys watched any part of the Vikings-Steelers game last night on Thursday Night Football – uh, the Vikings came out with a W. Yeah, it was ugly. It was super ugly. Vikings up 29 nothing with seven minutes left in the third quarter. Then all of a sudden it's uh, 36-28. to uh, It was unbelievable to watch that football. I was almost late to work this morning. I was up until midnight. I get up early for work. It was crazy. That game was insane. The Vikings defense once again craps the bed in the second half. So does the offense. Kirk Cousins is throwing stupid passes while up by 23 points. It made no sense. It made absolutely no sense. 
It was wild. It was absolutely wild to watch that game. Great game. Vikings came out on top. Mike Zimmer's making jokes to the media. It, 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 Mike Zimmer's done. Like he he's had enough. And honestly, as a Vikings fan, uh, and to all the Vikings fans out there, or even fans of football, I've reached my anxiety level it's max watching Vikings football games this year. Uh, it, it's never just a all right. It's it's ten ten fifteen. Vikings are up by twenty eight. We're good to go. I can go to bed. It's not possible. Not this year. Not the way that team's performed. Their secondary is terrible. They, they get soft in the second half. The, the offensive play calls just stop being effective after the scoreboard says quarter two. And it's just done. It's just done. Kudos to Dalvin Cook for winning us that football game. Great night for all you fantasy owners out there who thought he wasn't going to play or were sketched out because of his injuries. But that's that's the thing is they need to they need both of these teams need to come out with a win and only one can do so unless they tie. So the the pick is in. I'm going with the Washington football team plus four and a half here. I think this is a close game too. There's going to be a lot of close games this week. A few blowouts just like always, but it's going to be a close game. Um, so I'm taking the Washington football team plus the points. I trust their defense. I don't trust the Cowboys defense and their offense is sputtering. Therefore, I'm going with the opposing team as well as the under of 48. I Listen, the Washington football team don't score a lot of points when they win. They don't score a lot of points when they lose. So I'm hedging my bet on that and taking the under of 48. Next on the list, the Seahawks against the Texans. Russell Wilson needs a good outing here, and he's going to be able to do so against a very piss-poor team in the Houston Texans. They have no idea what they're doing. They have nothing to play for. Uh, but the but respect from the league, respect from their team, and respect from the fans, and to play spoiler. That's literally the only thing the Texans have to play for. Nobody knows what's going on with Desha- with Deshaun Watson. We haven't heard anything in months, uh, especially the entire season. He was never placed on the exempt list. We have I don't know of anything that has come out about the court cases. Nothing has broke. Uh, there's been absolutely zero movement from to my knowledge on the Deshaun Watson situation. There's been absolutely zero movement, and it's kind of scary, to be honest, because it was so polarizing when there weren't games on TV, but now it's no longer polarizing because there's games on TV. It's The way the media tries to, I just, listen, it's a lot, but let's see what happens. We have still have no idea what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson, what they're going to do with him, how they're going to restructure this team, but it seems like there's a bunch of old, older players from the older regime and they're they're kind of conflicted with the newer players from the newer regime, and their GM, their president, is a owner is a weird guy. It's it's really weird the way that team's set up. Never understood the coaching hire, never understood the quarterback choice after Deshaun Watson was clearly not going to play all season. It just free agents leaving. Most of their players were on one year contracts, and then they all end up leaving and or getting pushed out. It's just a weird situation. But uh, one person I need we want to look at here is is DK Metcalf because DK Metcalf has been very good the last few seasons. He, he was considered a, a very valuable pick in the draft. Him and AJ Brown played on the same team in college. Uh, he's twenty fourth in targets, twenty fifth in receptions, and twenty third in yards this season. That those are not those are not statistics of a number one wide receiver who's supposed to be very valuable for this football team. 
and, and he's had his antics off the field as well with the OnlyFans and, and all the weird hair stuff with the memes and and he's he's spiking balls on the sidelines, getting pissed off, acting like Odell Beckham when he was on the Giants. So uh, DK Metcalf needs a good game, and I think he has one against a very piss-poor defense. And if he doesn't, that says a lot about the Seattle Seahawks as a team. So the pick is in. I'm going with Seattle minus 8.5 here. There is no way that I see the Texans getting making this anywhere types of close. There's no way. And even with the struggle, the, the amount of struggle that the Seattle Seahawks have gone through up until this point throughout this season, their caliber of players are way better than the Texans. Therefore, I'm taking the minus the points as well as the under of 41. I cannot remember the last time the Texans scored more than 10 points which means uh, I have 31 to give to Seattle. So I like the under here. Love it. Next on the list, the Lions are at the Broncos. Uh, this is an emotional week for the Detroit Lions. Now, there's a lot of passion, a lot of passion from Dan Campbell, a lot of buy-in from this from this team. Uh, but let's see if that's a little too emotional and they come out flat, which is what I'm worried about. They got a big win last week against the Vikings. Dan Campbell seems like he's got the buy-in, like I said. But let's see if they they come out flat because it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be very interesting to see how the Lions put up with the offensive scheme that is the Broncos because they run the ball and run it often. Uh, and then going off of that play action is what hurt them when they played the Vikings. So it's going to be a very interesting game. Teddy Bridgewater struggled a bit. Uh, but the Denver defense does kind of play down to their opponents. And I've noticed it at going through a few games because uh, I was thinking about what I was going to write about this game when I was writing the podcast, writing out some notes, doing some stuff. But I, I took a look at some of the, the Denver games where they played kind of an inferior opponent. And it seems like they play down to their opponents, uh, meaning they play worse because what they're looking at is worse rather than coming out and playing the, the Excalibur way that they normally play. And this is a good Broncos defense. Uh, but they kind of act like the Vikings. And the Vikings defense is not even close in comparison. But the Vikings play down to their opponents all the time. And they have been for, for the past decade. So... Uh, it's going to be an interesting game, going to be a fun game to watch. So the pick is in. I'm going with the Lions plus 10 here. They fight, and they fight close enough to to cover 10 points. Uh, I think that's blatantly obvious. Uh, and I'm going to go with the under of 42.5. I think this game turns into the Lions defense fights, the Denver defense fights, and the offense struggles to score points. So similar to earlier in the year where the, the Bills uh, – Lost to the Jaguars 9-6. to I think that's the type of game this is going to end up being. Teddy may struggle. Uh, the Lions do get pressure, uh, and Teddy is not very good against pressure, uh, nor is he as mobile as he used to be after that freak leg accident. So uh, I love the Lions plus 10 in the under of 42.5. Next on the list, Giants against the Chargers. Do not do not know if Keenan Allen is going to play. Right now it's trending towards he's not going to, uh, but they will get Mike Williams back. Uh, off of the COVID list because he was a close contact before Sunday's game. Uh, but who's starting at quarterback for the Giants? Seems like Mike Glennon cleared concussion protocol, which I mentioned in my podcast I released yesterday. But it's very interesting uh, because Mike Glennon didn't look good in that game. Now, granted, was that because he sustained a concussion and ended up playing for longer than he was supposed to? He doesn't even know when he got the concussion. Uh, so uh, it, it, your best guess is my best guess. But uh, let's go to the flip side. The, the Giants are, are struggling right now, and, and it's 
going to continue probably unless their defense can pull something, pull a rabbit out of a hat again. Uh, but Justin Herbert needs to prove that he's consistent. Uh, it's inconsistencies that have basically been dragging him down from an MVP type season. In the good games, he's good. But in the bad games, he's really bad. So, and, and granted, sometimes fans will like that more than just having mediocrity, similar to your Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo, where you know what you get. Uh, and if you get something better, you just clap your hands and move on. But Justin Herbert needs to be more consistent. And granted, they have dealt with some things. They don't. They haven't run the ball as effective as they would want to with Austin Eckler and company. But that's the thing: is like, can either running game in this get in the, uh, for either of these teams, not just the Chargers, but for the Giants as well? Can either of them make an impact? Austin Eckler hasn't proved that he can run for a decent amount of yards between the tackles. Uh, he's great in the receiving game, which is a good a good start. Uh, but defenses can sit on that pass and play zone, and the Giants play zone well. And they're even great in man-to-man as well. So it's going to be, depending on which Giants defense shows up, is going to basically determine this football game. Uh, but Saquon Barkley hasn't done anything since he came back from this injury, which clearly he is still hampering him uh, because the burst isn't there. Uh, the Saquon Barkley burst from Penn State from his early years in, in the NFL when he was healthy, uh, his burst isn't there. And he's not able to find any holes because their offensive line stinks. So the pick is in. I'm going with the Chargers minus 7.5. I, I just I just love it. Actually, sorry, it's not 7.5. It's 9.5. I can't read. The, the Chargers minus 9.5 here uh, in the over of 43. I think Herbert figures it out. Uh, and maybe the Giants offense also does. So I'm going to go with the over of 43, but it ain't going to be much over that. Next on the list, the 49ers against the Bengals. It seems like the 49ers are always hurt. And they're playing against a team who also seems like they're always hurt. So Emmanuel Mosley dinged up cornerback for the for the 49ers their cornerbacks have been awful all season similar to the secondary of the Vikings just giving up big play after big play uh and the DPIs the the defensive pass interferences have been plentiful uh in in San Francisco uh but two other things to look at that just sprung up Joe Mixon dealing with an illness did not practice on Thursday uh, I do not know if he practiced today, nor do I think it's been released yet. So something to keep in mind, not only for fantasy, but at, for this game in general. Uh, and Joe Burrow's pinky, can he throw the football? Uh, the pinky's dislocated. He's going to wear either a bracket or a brace on that finger, so it'll simulate a, a finger. I don't know how. It's going to be different regardless, and we're going to see if he can throw the ball. I haven't heard anything negative coming out of the out of the Cincinnati camp about his practices, nor do I think they would release it regardless. Uh, but if it's a huge issue, usually the media finds a way to get their hands on it. So, I, I, I listen, Joe Burrow is a great quarterback. And yes, he leads the league in interceptions, but similar to Mahomes, some of those some of those interceptions are not all on him or at all on him. So, uh, let's see how their defenses play. Let's see how these te- the, this these teams defenses play. The front 7 for the 49ers has always been decent all season uh and in previous seasons. Their secondary just struggles similar to the the Bengals where at the beginning of the season they were expected to have one of the worst defenses. They picked up a few key pieces in free agency. Uh, and Troy Hendrickson 
and, and as well as Mike Hilton and a lot of their corners in the back end. They also have great safeties. So and the linebackers aren't bad either. So if the Bengals defense plays as good as they possibly could, and the 49ers defense plays as as good as they possibly could, I think the Bengals edge them, which is why the pick is in. I'm going with the Bengals plus two. I have no idea why the 49ers are favored in this game. I think the Bengals are the better team. I think they both equally have as many injuries on both sides of the football to their playmakers. Uh, With Debo Samuel and Elijah Mitchell both probably not playing as well. Uh, so I love I love the Bengals plus two here. I, I I think the Bengals should be minus two. I'd probably still take them. So uh, that and I love the under as well. I, I think D- Jimmy D- Jimmy Garoppolo I do not trust to be successful. Uh, and they're dinged up everywhere at the running back position, which is what they typically need to do to put up points. And uh, listen, Joe Burrow's pinky is going to affect him. How much I do not know, but hopefully not enough to go over forty nine. <laughs> Next on the list, the Bills and the Bucks. This is probably the best game to look at in terms of impact to the rest of the season for both teams. Now, a little bit less for the Bucks, but the Bucks want to continue to roll kind of the similar way they did last year at this time. Uh, going into the playoffs where they made that run and eventually won the Super Bowl. So Tom Brady wants to keep that up. Brady and his wide receivers, uh, is there going to be... Is there going to be any type of consistency between Mike Evans and Chris Godwin against the Buffalo Bills secondary? I know he's going to find Gronk. He always does. I know he's going to check down to Leonard Fournette or Ronald Jones or whoever is playing running back at that time. Uh, He always does the checkdowns. But is he going to be able to find any solidarity uh, between his star wide receivers and the Bills secondary, which is second in the league? It's going to it's gonna be hard. It's going to be hard, but it's Tom Brady, and it's hard to go against him. He is the GOAT. Unfortunately for all the Brady haters out there, you can't make an argument that Tom Brady is not the GOAT. He has the statistics to back it up. He has the rings to back it up. Uh, if you're a Tom Brady hater, I'm sorry. If you're a Tom Brady lover, you're going to love what I'm saying, but Tom Brady's the greatest of all time in terms of quarterbacks. Is he the greatest football player of all time? No, I don't think so. But he's definitely one of the he's definitely the best quarterback of all time. He's put up and he, and at his age, what he's doing is is so impressive. I know they have a lot of money to put into their bodies, and I know that a lot of athletes put a lot of money into it that normal people can't. Uh, but if you're 44 years old and you're putting up these type of statistics in the National Football League against 22 year olds, 25 year olds, 28 year olds, that is super impressive. And how are the and and on the flip side of the football for both teams, uh, the defense for the Bucks struggles in the secondary. But like I've said multiple times, and I still believe it to this to this day up into for this entire season, I think that the offensive line for the Tampa Bay Bucks is going to be able to hinder the pass rush for the Bills. Tom Brady's going to have time to throw, as well as on the flip side. I think the the front seven for the Bucks is going to get to Josh Allen, and the way Josh Allen has been playing recently, I I, I don't like it. I, I don't like it at all. And they're going to Tampa. It kind of helps out the Bills because you know, they have better weather, but it's at home for Tom Brady. So, and Tom Brady's owned the Bills his entire career, uh, even even when he was still on the Patriots at the, at the ass end of that that dynasty. So uh, the pick is in. I'm going with the Bucks minus three and a half. I think that they come out and they win by a touchdown. The Bills might keep it close at some point, uh, but I don't think that they keep it there for long. So 
uh, that's it. I, I'm I'm going with the with the bu- the Bucks minus three and a half, and, and I'm gonna go with the under. I'm gonna go with the under fifty four. Listen, I think the defenses show up enough. I don't see this being a shootout game, especially the way the Bills have the Bills have played on offense recently. Now, don't take it, don't blame them for their last game against the Patriots. That was terrible weather. Listen, weather weather sucks, and there's multiple people, including Pat McAfee, who think every single stadium should be a dome, which I disagree with. In general, uh, unless they all have retractable roofs, which then would make things kind of interesting, but that's never going to happen. So, uh, listen, I-, I like the Bucks here. I like them a lot. Sunday night football: the Bears are at Lambeau to face the Packers. Aaron Rodgers' toe did not practice all week. Not surprising. Don't overreact to it. It's Aaron freaking Rodgers. He's good. There's there's no way, if he doesn't practice all week, Aaron Rodgers is still good to go. If you remember the last time, uh, well, the first time this season that these two teams played, Aaron Rodgers screaming into the stands, I own you, to the Bears fans who were actually flipping him off in the end zone. So I don't really blame him for, for getting a little bit over the top with that comment. But listen, I, what do we what do we get from the Packers? Randall Cobb, core muscle injury. Uh, he de- he's dealing with that, so they're probably going to be without him. They still have Devontae Adams. They still have Marquez Valdez-Scantling. They still have Alan Lazard. So they should be good to go in 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 filling in the, the shoes of Randall Cobb. Aaron Jones seems to be back. A.J. Dillon seems to be very good in a backup slash starting role, depending. They basically split carries now, which is kind of weird, considering Aaron Jones was so hot. Uh, and then all of a sudden, A.J. Dillon's now part of the mix. So not a bad pickup in fantasy this week either because, you know, in Lambeau and Sunday night football, it's going to be cold. Uh, and it's probably going to be windy, so they're probably going to be running the football. So we'll see. Uh, on the flip side, Matt Nagy needs to make a statement. Uh, listen, the, the, Matt Nagy is is struggling. He may, he may be on his way out of Chicago as well as their GM, Ryan Pace. No idea what they're going to do with the team moving forward, with how they rebuild the defense, with how they rebuild the offensive line, with how they try and keep their offensive playmakers there, even through the development of Justin Fields, who's been dinged up for weeks now. And Andy Dalton is not going to be your starting quarterback for multiple years. It's not going to work out, nor is Nick Foles, even though he did that one time come in and win a Super Bowl. So... Uh, the Packers are getting close on defense for, to returning all these players that were injured. Jair Alexander, Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith. They, they're going to get David Bakhtiari back, one of the best left tackles. So so the Packers are going to be a big, big team going into the playoffs, especially if they go on a run uh, towards the end of the season. So uh, the pick is in. Uh, this game is typically closer than than most games in terms of them playing against each other for the past five years. A lot of close games, not a lot of blowouts, which leans me towards, I I hate picking this game in general, but I have to because it's on the docket. So uh, I'm going with the Bears plus 12 and a half. 12 and a half is a lot to lay. I I can see the Bears getting within 10 of Aaron Rodgers. I can can see it happening. It's going to be a lower scoring game, I believe. It's going to be cold. It's going to be windy. I I don't think that, I think the Bears defense is good enough to at least shake Aaron off of his off of his spot enough times uh, so they don't get on a super roll and score 30 plus points which is why I also love the under of 43 all right those are all of the Sunday games like I said the Monday game I will go over on the recap podcast uh, and go through some of my picks for that game as well uh, coming up on this coming Monday 
uh, but the EK parlay, and, and and it's going to be revealed another six-leg parlay. This pick is from the man, Emmanuel Cadane himself. He picked his picks. Uh, I work with him. I see him every day. I told him, I was like, hey, this parlay is named after you. You got to have the picks in. Come on, give me him. And he said, all right, give me a minute. Came out with the picks. Gave me a little sticky note, and this is it. This is the EK parlay. Six-leg parlay, 52 to 1 odds, uh, which means $3 wins you 150, 159 uh, which is pretty good. Pretty good money. So... Here we go. First leg of the EK parlay. Seahawks minus eight and a half. Listen, the Seattle Seahawks need to prove that they're not completely irrelevant. And they can do that against the Houston Texans. They're going to come out. They're going to come out hot. Russell Wilson looked good last week for the first time since he returned from finger surgery. Uh, so I think that they keep that rolling. I know they're hurt at the running back position, but I think they can make the right play calls with some of these backup running backs, even Adrian Peterson, to get in some space for Russell Wilson to hit his big, long Tyler Lockett-type passes down the field off of the play action, which is why I love the Seahawks in the parlay. Number two, uh, second leg of the parlay, the Falcons plus two and a half. I trust the Falcons offense way more than I trust the Carolina offense. I don't care what the defenses look like. It's a divisional game. It's going to be close. I don't feel comfortable. Uh, at Neither does Mr. Emmanuel Cadane himself. Neither does he feel comfortable taking the Panthers at all with their quarterback position. Uh, so the second leg is the Falcons plus two and a half. The third leg, the Lions-Broncos game under 42. Listen. The Broncos have proved they can't score points. The Lions have proved that they've scored more than 25 points in their only win this season against the Vikings. And the Broncos' defense is not the Vikings' defense. Love the under. Uh, Emmanuel Cadane, love, love the under with him as well. We're 100% aligned on that, uh, which is why it needs to be the third leg of the parlay. Lions-Broncos under 42. Number uh, Fourth leg of the parlay. The Giants-Chargers under 43. Uh, the Giants' defense is absolutely carrying that football team, and they show up w twice every three weeks. Uh, they may or may not be due for a stinker. It seems like they might, uh, which is why I think the Chargers score a lot of points and the Giants score not that many points, uh, which is why we're going with the under of 43 in the Giants-Chargers game for the fourth leg. Fifth leg of the parlay is the Bengals plus two. We went over it a little bit ago. Uh, injuries on both sides of the football. I think the 49ers are getting too much credit for this football season. I, I don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't trust their secondary. And honestly, the way Kyle Shanahan's been calling plays this year does not seem like the typical Kyle Shanahan. Uh, now, it could be because he's dealing with a lot of players that are backups due to the injuries, so I'll give him the benefit of the doubt on that. Uh, but his quarterback, it, it, it's so hard to talk about, honestly. You went out, you traded all these picks for this for this Trey Lance character. He came out and played a few games, got hurt, and then never reemerged into a football game. Is Trey Lance actually like have a season-ending injury we don't know about? Does Kyle Shanahan not actually trust him to run the offense? Or does he actually like Jimmy Garoppolo more than him and this is going to implode? Uh, all three of those are very possible. And it could be a combination of the three, uh, which is why I love the Bengals plus two as the fifth leg. The sixth and final leg of the parlay, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks minus three and a half at home against the Bills. Listen, the Bills have looked awful. 
the last few weeks. Now, granted, there hasn't been the best weather in all of those games, uh, but they've lost a lot of ground in this division uh, with the Patriots going on a six-game, sorry, seven-game win streak. And the Bills have imploded. So now they find themselves, if they lose this game, they find themselves uh, more than two games behind the Patriots in that division, uh, which then gets them close to the bottom of the AFC wildcard race, which then is a huge problem for them. I don't see, even with the pressure and even in the big-time game atmosphere of this, I don't think that the Bills have enough firepower to beat Tom Brady. And I'm going to go with Brady on this one. Uh, and and we love the Bucks minus three and a half. Uh, thank you, Mr. Emmanuel Cadane, for your picks for the EK parlay. I have not hit one yet uh, for you guys out there, so we're gonna we're gonna give him a try on his own named parlay segment. Uh, so those are the picks. I will run through them one more time uh, for you guys. Seahawks minus eight and a half. Falcons plus two and a half. Lions uh, Lions Broncos game under 42. Giants Chargers game under 43. Bengals plus two. And the Bucks minus three and a half. Thank you guys so much for listening. Hopefully, I uh, helped you guys out for your fantasy rosters uh, moving forward from now until through the playoffs of fantasy football, uh, as well as hope you guys win some money on some of these bets. You don't necessarily have to take just the parlay. You might just take uh, something I said, take a flyer on a random on a random pick I made through whether it be against the spread or for over-unders. But I really appreciate you guys listening out there. Thank you so much. Uh, remember to follow me on Twitter at all in man cave pod or add me on Facebook. Cole hate C O L E H A Y D as in dog T as in Tom. Remember the podcast is available on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple podcasts. I will be back on Monday for the recap show. Got a big weekend bowling league tonight, bowling tomorrow in a tournament and got some, some stuff to get done uh, for the holidays this weekend. So, Hope you guys all have a wonderful weekend. You all deserve it out there. Uh, Whatever your vice is, whatever your good time is, whether it be a book, a bubble bath, uh, some sushi for dinner, doesn't really matter what it is. Just enjoy it uh, because you guys work too hard enough not to enjoy it. And remember, time is more valuable than money. So I will see you guys. No, like I say, always, I'll see you guys, but I won't. I will talk to you guys on Monday after the Sunday slate of football games. Have a good night, and until Monday, peace.